Hello, and welcome to the Treehouse Letter, where we share true stories, thoughts, and letters on everything that matters and just as much that doesn't. I am Milan Shatton, your host and producer. For today's podcast, I want to share a story and two short poems. April Dreams. The bleaches were full and folks were talking, but I didn't hear a sound. They got up to join their teams. I had a boat oar shaped like a wooden spoon, tall as me. I wouldn't be joining the other teams. I was headed out to the water with my friend who had an oar just like mine. I never was one for the water. I love water, don't get me wrong, but I don't like being out in it or on it for any extended time. I have a healthy regard for water. So it was strange that I would be heading out to row to be on the crew team. I figured wrong. My friend and I were welcomed by a boat captain, his face unshaven, eyes dark. Out on the boat, we could see a break in the distance, a strip of land maybe, or a flotilla moored in the shallows. Is this as fast as it goes? I asked. The captain's eyes narrowed. The bow lifted out of the water, and we were halfway to the break when I looked back at him, worried that he wouldn't make the turn. He cut hard left, and my friend fell out. Thrown, actually. I can see the arc of her body like a swan dive, out and away from us. The water was a great rolling hill of a wave and swallowed her whole. I was in the water too, but close to the boat. The captain reached down to help me up and asked about my friend who hadn't surfaced. Ah, don't worry about her, I told him. She's a swimmer. Things were fuzzy. My clock said 6.50 a.m. And my bedroom was quiet, like the bleachers. My friend and I had talked last night before she showed up in this dream. It was her birthday last week and we chatted. She's an April baby, born in the month of poetry. If you forget, look around. The world is bursting forth in song. The forsythia with its yellow fingers reaching up from winter's crypt. The hand-sized magnolia blossoms. A fountain of pink weeping cherry petals. Green poking out on tree branches. Beaded maple leaves unfurling. The friend of my dream was born ready, paddle in hand. And she's a swimmer. She knows how to swim. Not surprising for me to be hanging out near the boat, unsure where my oar was. My friend, meanwhile, taking a swan dive. But you have to go under when you do. This month, I've noticed a peculiar habit of mine. I've taken to stowing poetry in odd places. Billy Collins' Nine Horses, published in 2002, is in the doorwell of my car. Under the console parking brake, I have the poet Mary Oliver's Devotions, 2017. In my purse, I carry a 1973 bilingual edition of Pablo Neruda's Love Poems.
I can fit it in a zip wallet. It's pocket poetry at the ready in case of emergency. It's there where I can reach out and touch it. And I don't need anything but a minute to rescue me from the mundane, the sordid, the spectacle, and the suffering that is life. A paddle for when I'm up the creek or a life preserver for when I get thrown from the boat. My friend Nan lost her mom this week. She said the hospital allowed one visitor each day because of the pandemic. A kind nurse let her two siblings visit her mom while she snuck into a room next door. Another nurse demanded to know why she was in the staff room. Unwilling or unable to argue, she said softly, my mother is dying. She was close to her mom, and at the end of our phone call, she said, it's hard to think I will never talk with her again. When my own mother stopped by my house the next morning, she looked frail, all 93 pounds of her. I watched as she walked in, slumped and slow. I kissed her cheek. Such are the times in our lives sandwiched between youth and age, children and parents. Yoel Hoffman compiled the extraordinary poems of haiku poets and Zen monks uttered on the verge of death. They are strangely comforting in the way that walking in the cemetery can be. Visiting my father's grave and looking at the names of others who once breathed and walked somehow makes living more urgent and vibrant. Here is one Zen monk's final utterance translated to English. The monk's name is Musho Josho. Died on the 15th day of the fifth month in 1306 at the age of 73. Here it is, the translation. When it comes, just so. When it goes, just so. Both coming and going occur each day. The words I am speaking now, just so. The sources tell us that on the day of his death, Musho summoned the other monks arranged for his burial service, said his last words, and he died sitting upright. Just so, or thus, Nyotse, is a cry used by the Zen master to direct his people's attention to, quote, things as they are, unquote, or to indicate that the student sees things clearly. Mary Oliver writes of the ocean, and I will close with one of her poems, which I discovered in the collection I keep by the parking brake in the car. From her 2012 anthology, A Thousand Mornings, it seems fitting after my dream. The title is, The Poet Compares Human Nature to the Ocean from Which We Came. The sea can do craziness, it can do smooth. It can lie down like silk, breathing or toss havoc shoreward. It can give gifts and withhold all. It can rise, ebb, froth like an incoming frenzy of fountains, or it can sweet talk 
entirely, as I can too. And so, no doubt, can you and you. Fun fact, Mary Oliver, who is the poet for that poem, uh, is the winner of a National Book Award and the Pulitzer Prize. Her work has been inspired by nature. For centuries, as part of the Japanese tradition, Zen monks and haiku poets would recite or write jise, which is a death poem at the moment of their passing. That's the end of today's podcast. Please visit thetreehouseletter.com to learn more about the poets and works mentioned in today's podcast, as well as to discover the answer to the riddle in my last podcast, Two Truths and a Lie, for April Fool's Day. Happy spring to you, and thank you for listening. Thank you.